Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Believe in Minnesota Football podcast, um, hosted by the starting kicker for your Golden Gophers, Matthew Trickett, and me, Tony Liebert. Um, For this week's episode, we'll be recapping um, the Gophers' 23-14 loss to Illinois, and we'll be previewing the uh, Week 8 matchup um, at Penn State under the bright lights in prime time. Um, So... I, I guess not like kind of a tough question for you, but I guess just right off the bat, uh, why why do you think you guys are struggling right now? And why do you think you've lost the past two games? Um, I mean, ultimately, I think it just comes down to the players and guys going out there and making plays. Uh, you can always break down film and see how each play influences the next and, um, you know, how a big fourth down conversion or a big fourth down stop can be the 14-point swing. So I think it ultimately comes down to players stepping up and making plays, and we obviously need to have a little bit more of that. Um, But we have the guys to do it. We just need to go out there and execute when called upon. Yeah, um, it seems obviously a lot of people online and just fans of sports in general obviously have their reasons for losses and struggles, and they'll say, uh, oh, Illinois is a better football team, got outplayed, all this, all that. Uh, at least from my point of view, I think the Big Ten West this year, especially with you guys, Illinois, Purdue, even Iowa and Wisconsin, the margin's so slim for error in each of those games. So when you – don't have those big play moments and the other team does. It's just that's the difference of the game because, uh, like, it's not like there's this massive talent discrepancy on the field. It's just there hasn't been – you guys haven't been able to found, find those big moments in the past two games. And 
when you're playing good teams like Illinois and Purdue, I think at the end of the day that costs you in the end of the game. Yeah, I completely agree. The margin for error is so small, and you cannot rely on other teams to mess up. Um, you know, there is, from my memory, very few penalties thrown, and, you know, it's not any sloppy football. It's not guys jumping off sides, false starts, anything like that. You know, teams are well coached and you can't rely on another team to screw up for you to do well. You have to go out there and you have to be the best team out there. And, you know, that's not exactly how it was for us last week or against Illinois. They, went out, outperformed us, and that's how the game turned out. Yeah, because looking at it right here, you guys obviously had um, uh, how, I, how many turnovers did you have? I think Tanner threw one interception, and yep. Illinois <laughs> didn't have um any turnovers. And yeah, they, they won yeah. the turnover battle three to nothing. Yeah, it was three to nothing, three to nothing. And yep. like that, that adds up when you, especially when you play a team like Illinois, um, they are a team when they play with very few mistakes and they have the ball and they're dominating time of possession. It's hard to come back against a team like that because they are built in the trenches. They have, they have a good running back. They're built very similar to the Gophers where uh, it's hard for any team to come back against a team that's not making any mistakes and they just played a very complete game. It's like I kind of said earlier, you guys just haven't been able to find those big plays. And when you're trailing, it's hard to cut into those leads. And it, like Illinois just, they kind of just didn't do anything to lose the game. It's like uh, any mistake that you guys had, it's just Illinois wasn't having any on their end. So there was just no way for you guys to start cutting into that lead. It seemed like. Yeah, and I talked about it, you know, a few episodes ago of how in a game like that where teams are not making very many mistakes, uh, very fundamentally sound, everything like that, you look for an advantage on special teams. And you saw right off the opening kick in the second, you know, we had a nice 92-yard return on kickoff. And, yeah. you know, that – that can be the difference in a game. And that gave us our first and only lead of the game. Um, but more plays on special teams like that can really make a huge impact. And, you know, me being a special teamer myself, I find joy in that. Uh, the fans may not always like that, but sometimes that's how um, wins come about. And we need to be even better on special teams so that we can provide that, you know, motivation, that support for our offense or our defense when we need, you know, a little boost here and there, but we just have to be better on all fronts and the executing the game plan and guys need to step up when their name's called upon. Yeah. And, uh, I think one of the obviously biggest takeaways from the game was, uh, Tanner Morgan's injury. Um, and I, I won't, again, ask you to talk about the severity or anything like that, but when obviously a major leader in the locker room and the team goes down like that, 
Uh, and kind of, I just, how has the reaction been around the team and how was it during the game? And obviously it looked pretty serious from the broadcast and uh, it just, how, how do you guys kind of react to something like that and move on as a team? Yeah. So I was actually warming up in the kicking net when it all happened. Um, you know, Tanner was leading a good drive down the field and we were getting close to field goal range. Um, and, you know, as you saw on that play, Tanner is somebody that will put everything on the line for the team. And, you know, he does that day in and day out. And on that play, it cost him and cost our team uh, a little bit more than we wanted. Um, but my immediate reaction is, oh, no, like, I hope Tanner's okay. Um, I didn't see the hit, so I'm going around the sidelines asking, like, what happened? Was it just his head slamming against the ground or, and I didn't really get the full story until I saw a video on Twitter of, you know, Illinois defender punching him in the side of the head. And I'm not sure why or how that wasn't looked at after the play. Uh, Cause to me, that's, you know, that's a penalty, but then they still called him short of the fourth down um, or short of the first down marker. Um, but I think the whole team knows who Tanner is and how much he means to this team. And it hurts when he goes down. But then again, we have full faith in Ethan and Cole. So, you know, we lose a leader on the field, but he's so much more than that. And I think everybody in Minnesota knows he's so much more than a great quarterback. He is complete leader, a man of faith and so much more. So we all have that perception of him and know that just because he goes down doesn't mean, you know, it's over for the team. It's over for him because it's so much more than football when it comes to Tanner. Yeah. I mean, that, I guess that's what it seems like from uh, an outsider's perspective. Um, the play was so weird that he did when he did get hit in the head because it's uh, something that I've never seen on a football field before. And I think anyone who watches football would agree that that's should have been penalized for something. Um, but it's so unique because obviously the targeting call is designed to be a call when you lead with your head. And not many people are going to open fist punch someone in the side of the helmet. Um, and it, it was just such a weird play. And I think after that, I think everyone just kind of seemed so, like, confused. And it was deflating, obviously, when your quarterback of uh, – your longtime starting quarterback does go down. Um, and it, it just – that's obviously such a big momentum play in football when a star player does go down. So I think after that, it was just hard for – it seemed like you guys to just put it all together after that. Because you obviously you have a guy with Ethan that – doesn't have any starting experience, just throwing him to the wolves against the top 25 team. It's just hard to do anything after that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily hard or if it's just guys, uh, you know, not believing at first. And yeah. You need everybody to believe. You need everybody to be on the same page for things. Um, and in practice, you know, everyone, 
always raves over Ethan and, you know, he's a special talent. I'm not going to sit here and say he's not because kid has an arm and he's really good at the quarterback position. Uh, but then again, Tanner, you know, as I've said, means so much. And when guys see somebody like that, somebody at the forefront of the team go down, it's, it is deflating because you look for him for so much more than just being a good quarterback. You know, you look at him for motivation. You look at him for the leadership. And I'm not saying Ethan doesn't have those same qualities, but Tanner has proven it time and time again. Yeah. Um, so that's something that I feel we're going to have to learn more about Ethan throughout this week. And, you know, he's going to be in the starting position or if Tanner's able to come back, you know, we're still going to have to have Ethan as somebody who we don't miss a beat with. And if something again happens to Tanner, then we're going to be able to say, okay, we know this guy a little bit more now. We have the same trust and belief in him as we do Tanner. You know, it's, you need to have that mindset of these two guys being interchangeable now with Tanner being questionable coming up this week. Yeah. I, it's going to be a really, I guess, interesting time for the program because Tanner has started every single game since his first career start back in 2018. Um, I think I looked it up. It's almost 1500 days since a different quarterback started under center. Um, so if, he isn't able to go. Um, obviously, it's going to be a big atmosphere for Ethan in his first career start. Um, and it'll. It, it, I guess I know we've talked about it a little bit before, but how uh, how much trust does everyone on the team have with Ethan? I know it seems like um, he has shown out very well in practice, but he is only still a retro freshman, a young guy. Um, kind of, I guess, how is the feeling when you know you have him behind him? Personally, I'm very confident in Nathan. Um, I've seen his abilities. I've seen him take control of the offense and command guys to do certain things. Um, so I'm very confident in him. Uh, it's just one of those things where you have to have some rhythm. You have to have some connection with all the guys on the field um, because <laughs> offense is – very tricky. You know, there's 11 guys out there doing one job all together. So um, you got to have all those things clicking at the same time. It's just like for me, getting a new holder or a new snapper mid game, you know, we can work well together, but it may not be right off the bat as smooth as it were with, you know, the same old guys that I've had in there for years now. So one of those things where you have to work out the rhythm and the connection between all the guys, but I have complete confidence in Ethan and his abilities and Cole and his abilities as well. So whoever ends up starting, um, depending on Tanner's situation, you know, we'll take it from there and we just have to execute better as a team. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, it'll no matter if Tanner does play, um, it'll be the first time I think a quarterback other than him is getting some at least serious first-team reps in practice for the first time really since he's taken over as a starter because 
he has kind of been that uh, Iron Man and really hasn't had an injury at all throughout his whole career. So this will be an interesting uh, time to see how the team reacts and kind of how the program reacts. But um, kind of after Tanner, obviously a big story was uh, Moe's return to the lineup. Um, he was the same old Moe. Um, another 100-yard day, 15 carries for 127 and touchdown. Um, but he was playing probably, uh, if not the – uh, number one running back in the country, the number two running back behind him um, with Chase Brown. And it really was kind of them dueling back and forth. But um, Illinois obviously got a little more production outside of their running back, which was kind of ultimately the difference. Um, but when you get a player like Mo back in the lineup, I guess, how does the team react to something like that? Yeah, I think it's very similar to Tanner's situation, you know. Yeah. Uh, been around the program really long time everybody knows what he can do when he's at his best and you can just kind of take a deep breath when you see him in there like it's all right we got mo like he can make things happen that you don't see a lot of other guys in the country make so uh, huge confidence boost you know having him back we look forward to keeping him in there yeah I, you kind of notice that right when he touched the ball. It's just – he just runs at a different uh, level and moves at a different speed than most other guys. Uh, he, he, had, he had a handful of those explosive runs that – it's just not many guys in the country can make people miss like he does. It's just his open field uh, ability to uh, force missed tackles is just very rare um, at the collegiate level, and he does it at a very high level uh, kind of at all times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess now it's, uh, an interesting point in the season because, uh, you guys are now four and two, um, mid midway point of the season, uh, six games, seven weeks in, um, and obviously it's a little different of a feel after the Michigan state game when you guys were four and oh, and at least, the uh, online, it's just, people were a lot more excited, obviously. Now there's a lot more people down. And I guess how do you guys not let any of that affect what you're doing and still taking it that one championship season one week at a time? Because that's all you can do. Um, and, and sports in general, I think a lot of people, especially in football, when there's just one game a week and it can impact your season so much, a lot of people do overreact. And that's a natural thing, I guess, for fans to do. But I guess how do you guys not overreact as a team? Yeah, Um we don't overreact just because we, you know, get that message from Fleck and we understand that it comes down to the execution. You can see it in our first four games versus our last two games. You know, the first or the last two games could have been very similar to the first four if we simply executed when we were called upon. Um, you go back to, yeah, I think it was Michigan State where – you know, our past game was going. I think Tanner had three incompletions, you know, versus this past game where there's double-digit incompletions. Um, it's a whole team that takes a lot of responsibility when the past game isn't going because you need, you know, the guys up front to be blocking well enough, and then you need the receivers to create that open space and – then you need the quarterback to make a tremendous throw. And then the receiver also has to catch the ball. So 
there's a lot going into the pass game. And I think if we get that execution and we are able to replicate that at a high level in practice to get us prepared for the next game, then, you know, we're back on track. Um, but that's just how I feel. We don't overreact with things like that is because we see it's not huge problems that our team has. It's a lot to do with execution and how we are able to perform for those three, three and a half hours on Saturday. Yeah. It just, obviously after that Michigan state game, Tanner was, I think big 10 offense player of the week. And it just seems like people obviously like to quickly, at least fans do, they like to quickly forget that and just look at the negative and um, say, Oh, he has been struggling the last two games and the team as a whole has been struggling. And, it, and it's just like those uh, 50, 50 plays, if they're drops, penalties, things like that, those were the plays you guys were getting in the first four weeks. And when you don't have those, it really, I think stunts the momentum in the game. I, I know Fleck uh, coach Fleck has said that he doesn't believe in momentum, but um it's just really hard to overcome things like that. And it doesn't mean like all, uh, it just, I sometimes get frustrated seeing people online that in, in sports, there's just this culture where uh, when things go wrong, people just like to blame one person and put it all on one guy. And that just, especially in a sport like football, when you have so many people on a team and a mistake here and a mistake there can add up, and a position like quarterback, when you have so much responsibility, it's easy to point to that guy. But mm -hmm. when there's other guys around the team that are making mistakes, uh, it's just hard for any player to overcome that, let alone the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about this with the interview with Tanner, but he, you know, deleted social media and, you know, his wife takes care of that aspect for him because, there is so much negativity out there and everybody wants to be riding the bandwagon when it's going well. And then, you know, put the blame on everybody when it's going bad. Um, but that's outside of the program. And we know that within the program, there is no blame here or there. We as a team need to be better. Simple as that. We just, we have to practice better, perform better and prepare better. Those that's really how I see what it comes down to. Yeah, I just – the last three weeks are kind of just, I guess, college football um, in a, in a in general. It's uh, – you were riding this high after the Michigan State game, and everyone was believing in this uh, big, I guess, momentum shift in the program and all this. And then uh, two losses happened. Nobody on the team left. Uh, Tanner's obviously a little banged up now, but it's the, still the same exact roster it was after Michigan State, the same coaching staff. So um, I, I just don't uh, – again, I get frustrated a little when people just completely change on like a 180 that they're like, oh, this team's horrible now, when two weeks ago they think they're uh, one of the better teams in the Big Ten. Um, it's still the same players. Uh, you're playing the same teams, playing the same game. Um, it's just – the performance was a little bit down. There's no reason why you guys can't change. Um, the Big Ten season still, especially in the Big Ten West, everyone's like, oh, it's down to Illinois and Purdue. There's going to be a lot of uh, movement, I think, 
to finish the season because um, you get Illinois still has to play Purdue. Um, you see Nebraska was in a tough game with Purdue this last week. Uh, Wisconsin and Iowa are still going to be tough in every game they have. And I, it just, I, there's a lot of football left to be played. And when I see Gophers fans on Twitter that are giving up on the season already and calling this uh failure, blah, blah, blah. I just, I, I, I sometimes need to get off Twitter myself because I just get too frustrated with the kind of the mob mentality of sports when uh, they just don't have realistic reactions to things. And when something goes wrong, they think the sky is falling instead of just taking a step back and realizing not you're not going to win every single game and not every game is going to go perfectly well. There's just going to be bumps in the road in anything. And uh, I think Coach Fleck has done a really good job at overcoming that in years past, like the Bowling Green game last year. Um, you guys still finished the season very strong and still had a successful season in my eyes. And I think there's no reason you can't do that this year. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's it's part of college football. And there's teams out there that are undefeated that if one, two plays go the other way could very possibly be, you know, have three losses. So that's, Honestly, what it comes down to, it's a few plays here and there that add up. And like we talked about back when we played Purdue, um, they played a Syracuse team that's now – I think they're still undefeated. Yeah, they're uh, like 12th in the country, I think. Yeah, but, you know, that win could have definitely went to Purdue. And if you watch the film, Purdue made a lot of – bad mistakes right at the end of the game that could have potentially lost them the game. So that's, that's the thing about football and uh, the outsider's perspective is a little bit different than the inside. And <laughs> that's why they call it insider trading, you know, cause we have a little bit different perspective and a little bit different clues as to why games go the way they do. And, you know, why teams have a few more numbers in the win column than we do at the moment. So in the team, we know the season is not over. We know there's still plenty of football left to be played. We're halfway through right now, and we just need to stick together, rely on each other, and continue to be a very, very connected team. Yeah, I, I, I just kind of, I guess, had to say my my piece because I, I sit on the, the message boards online and Twitter too much, and uh, it's not a good place to be as a as a fan after games like that, I guess, because a lot of just uninformed and overreaction of opinions. And um, I think Coach Fleck has it right where each week is a championship season. And in a sport like college football, where there is so many ups and downs, and really the only elite of the elite programs are able to string together that consistency year in and year out, um, I think that's just all you can do is just take it one week at a time um, and yep. just kind of go from there. Yep. Yeah, because, you know, Alabama now has one loss, but I'm pretty sure everybody in the country is confident that they're not any different than they were two weeks ago, you know? So that's, that's college football. And that's what makes 
the fans so vital to the sport is because the very deep passion that everyone has for it. So while, you know, there are some negatives of overreactions and, you know, uninformed opinions, uh, it's also those same overreactions and uninformed opinions that teams ride when they're doing well. So it yeah. makes the sport fun and interesting and not to blame the fans or anything like that. You know, they can keep that same passion because that's what we love. But you also have to take it with a grain of salt at times. And, and it's just football in general, is such an interesting sport compared to anything else. Cause like you got the baseball playoffs going on right now and it, uh, the season does such a good job at determining who the best team is. And in football, when it's just one game for 60 minutes, it's not always the best team wins. And like I put together like a rankings thing every week of like national teams. And if a team loses to like Alabama loses to Tennessee, Tennessee obviously won the game and you kind of are who your record is, but you play that game 10 times, Alabama might win six. And like it was in Tennessee too. And it's just like a game like this where you guys just had at Illinois. You play that game 10 times, it might you guys might win six. And it's in Illinois, so they get an advantage too. So it's just when you're basing teams and comparing teams to each other, football's interesting because you're it's such a small sample size of data that you're looking at and just taking it yeah. game by game that you can have react overreactions and that's natural, but it's just some people go, I think, a little too far sometimes. Yes. Yeah. I Completely agree with you on that. Um, yeah, uh, I guess last last thing of the game, uh, you had a, another perfect day kicking two for two on extra points. Uh, kind of, I guess, how satisfied were you with your day and kind of the special teams as a whole? Yeah, um, on my day, you know, there's a ton that I think I can still do better um, just from a whole operation standpoint and a whole mindset standpoint. Uh but I can always be better. I know that. So I'm going to continue to work on that. Um, the rest of the special teams, I thought we went in there with a good game plan and, you know, had to make some adjustments on the fly. And we want to be able to win the special teams battle and give our team that competitive advantage. Um, a lot of teams don't really focus a lot on special teams, but that's one third of the game. So if you can give yourself that one third advantage in a game, then you're setting the rest of your team up for success. And, you know, we had a couple returns on kickoff that didn't go our way at first and then made an adjustment at halftime and bounced the big one out. So if we can continue to do that and continue to, provide that edge for our team, then I believe we'll have a lot of, uh, I don't want to say the word momentum, but, you know, we'll have a lot of momentum going forward into offense and defense as well. Yeah. Um, so I, we kind of obviously touched on it around the rest of the Big Ten. It was another week with a lot of close games, uh, kind of except for the one that everyone thought would be a little closer with Penn State and Michigan. Uh Michigan kind of pulled away with that one, um, 41-17. Uh, Nebraska and Purdue was in the back-and-forth game. Purdue won 43-37. Uh, Maryland in another tough game with Indiana. Um, 
they're such a, I guess, interesting team in the Big Ten now because they have the only win over Illinois. They were in a tough game with Michigan. Um, and now another tough game with Maryland. And so, like, that kind of, I think, shows kind of how deep the conference is top to bottom because that's a team, them and Northwestern, that people are kind of looking at saying, oh, they're two of the worst teams, but they're in every game they play in. Um, and then uh, Wisconsin fell to Michigan State, which another game people thought Michigan State was reeling. And um, they dropped, I think, four games in a row. So they picked up a much-needed win. And kind of just another week with just parity around the conference overall, I would say. Yep. And that's what makes the Big Ten Conference so special. You have every team able and willing to compete week in and week out. So there's no – easy week in this conference yeah definitely I, and that's kind of i think college football as a whole it's a really weird year this year uh, obviously with tennessee taking down alabama not something you see that was like first team time in like 15 years you got syracuse undefeated ucla undefeated uh kansas was undefeated for a while um it's just kind of i think one of those years in college football where a lot of stuff happens like illinois might be one of the best teams in the big 10 west um that hasn't happened in my lifetime. Um, but, yeah, it's it's just one of those years, and I think that's kind of – you just kind of have to take it like that, take it one week by week. And any win, I think, from a fan's, fan's perspective, you shouldn't take for advantage because they're kind of, I think, hard to come by this year. Yeah, 100%. Winning is, winning is hard, and winning needs to be celebrated as such because, uh, you know, any team can go out there and beat you any given week, so – Going out there and being able to get a win is huge. doesn't matter if you're playing a top 10 team or if you're playing you know, a bottom team. Every team recruits. Every team you know, has backing. Every team has coaches. Every, every team, like that's what makes FBS football, college football so special. You know, every team has – the same standard level playing field. Um, obviously, with more wins, you get a little bit more of an advantage and more money coming at you and whatnot, so you're able to do a little bit more with that. But they keep all the rules the same for all the teams in the FBS. So, you know, each team has a fair shot at every game. Yeah, you kind of saw that this year with, like, App State beating Texas A&M, and Texas A&M might be, like – one of the, I guess, most invested into programs in the country. And you got a team that just transitioned to FBS like 15 years ago, beating them at home. Um, so yeah, that's just another um, another form of evidence into that, I guess, notion this year. But uh, I'm looking ahead to this week now, uh, no easy weeks in the Big Ten. Um, Might have just played the two best teams in the Big Ten West, and now you get Penn State at home um, in, in a whiteout game at night. Um, so I guess how um, do you guys shift your focus so quickly to them, move on from the Illinois and Purdue game and kind of look ahead to a Penn State game and hope to, I guess, get get the trains back on the track this week um, in Pennsylvania? Yeah, uh, back to a normal game week, you know, that feels like we haven't played in forever since that bye week. Um, but you know, back to a normal week. Uh, I don't think there's much else to say than that. It's 
it's, it's college football. You got one week to pre prepare for whoever is coming into your stadium or wherever you end up going that week. So, you know, same old, same old. Coach is coming up with a great game plan this week, and we have to go out there, prepare our best during the week, and then perform on Saturday for those three and a half hours. Yeah, I, I guess uh, if you don't got anything else, we'll just I get, end it here. Um, if uh, you want, I guess, another message to the uh, Gophers fans that might be hopping out of the uh, boat, no longer rowing, why they should, I guess, keep their oars in the water and uh, keep rooting. I mean, the boat is built for hard times. It's not built for the easy time. So if there's any time to row, now's the time. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I, I think that's really all you can do. Um, and as always, I appreciate everyone listening. Um, row the boat, Scotty Mon, go Gophers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.